0: You know what we should do? What? We
1: should start, like, starting off every episode with, like, a wacky story. You know, All so, right. like, I was... I was sm- So I was
0: jerking off with sandpaper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, or, like, so uh, I was smoking aspirin the other night, and you'll never guess what happened.
0: <laughs> it turns out it was actually Xanax.
1: <laughs> what do you think would happen if you smoked aspirin?
0: Probably nothing.
1: I think you would not, get insanely sick. Are you kidding me?
0: I know for a fact, though, you will not get high from it.
1: No, of course not. I, I didn't or think you it would. Will, but... it, won't,
0: it won't do what it's meant to do if you smoke it.
1: Uh, well, yeah, it's not going to be a pain reliever at that point. No. no. You'll
0: just be a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, pretty
1: much. Anyway, so jerking off with sandpaper and smoking aspirin aside. Yes. Are we ready to do this?
0: Yeah, I think so. Nice. Let me get the sandpaper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the official Watts Podcast episode 6. How's it going?
0: It's going alright. How about you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's going good. We've got some shit to talk about. Yeah, it's going. So We've actually matters. got quite a bit to talk about this week.
0: Yes, yes we do.
1: We've got, you know, the Oscars, you know, not the least the, of which. Yeah, which, the nominees,
0: uh, not the winners yet.
1: Yeah, the the Oscar nominees, which they just released sort of, like, right after we recorded last week. uh So, yeah, that's going to be a heck of a discussion, I think, oh, between yeah. the two of us. But, uh for now, let's start with what we've
0: been watching. What you got? I have watched a total of one thing again. Okay. This is
1: going to be a short segment, then. Cause, yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, it is. The movie Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into it too much because, like, because this is a whole other topic for a whole different, you know, video or podcast or mm-hmm. whatever.
1: Well, which, which Saw is that? Like, how Eight. many is that? That's the eighth one. That's the
0: eighth one. It's a soft fucking yeah. It's supposed to be like a soft reboot of the series. Mm,
1: yeah. Which really do we need to reboot Saw? Honestly. Honestly,
0: no. <laughs> there have been God within the context of the Saw universe or whatever the Saw series. There have been three decent films. The first one, the third one, and the sixth one. Okay, yeah. And they're still yeah, all see, not good movies. <laughs>
1: the first one's at least interesting. Like, yeah. from sort of a... He, well, he wasn't a film student when he made it, but from no. like a super indie sort of perspective. Yeah. It's an interesting movie. It's a cool watch. Yeah. But...
0: I, and if I remember right, uh, it was shot in like 18 days or something like that.
1: It, yeah, it was a very, very narrow Uh, shooting window for that one yeah yeah um but that's that's the extent of my knowledge of the saw series outside of like reviews i've heard of the other Mm, movies i've never watched any of them except the first one
0: i've seen all of them so and i've watched all of them multiple times because you hate yourself because i hate myself but i'm a gore film fanatic so
1: sure it just seems like there are better ones like the gore in saw isn't that good to yeah. compensate for its poor story.
0: Yeah, but the only... At the time, the only competitor, really, for gore films against Saw was Hostel. So...
1: Only American competitors. Yeah,
0: only American competitors.
1: Like, there are plenty of foreign films.
0: Yes. But this one, I would say, if we're listing out the best to worst, the new one, the eighth one, would be the fourth of the top four. It's... <laughs> okay. Not a bad film... But it's not a good film. The gore I mean, sucks, though.
1: Yeah, and that's what I heard, and that's what you told me, is, like, yep. the, the gore just isn't that good. And it's like, if you're going to watch a Saw film, that's sort of the point.
0: Yeah, the gore wasn't that good, and the only real gore scene in the film was done with CG, like, really yeah. shitty CG.
1: Yeah, which is sad and depressing. I yeah. wish we could go back to the days where everybody... Where people took pride in their practical effects, yeah. you know? Like... Can we can we get the 80s back at least for that? Like yes, there's a lot yes. of shit that can stay in the 80s, but can we <laughs> the <please>? haircuts? Yeah. <laughs> but can we please get back like pride and practical effects? I mean yes. seriously.
0: Where's our Tom Savini's, man? Right? <laughs> but <sighs> yes. So the movie was all right despite, you know, some of the bigger YouTube reviewers who reviewed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go calling anybody out, but one of them said it was a shitty film and recommended Happy Death Day instead. Okay, which (laughs) I haven't seen either. It's probably one of the shittiest films of last year, even in terms of slasher movies. So the reviewers, I think, are being kind of unfair to it, and the movies they usually recommend you see instead in the same vein are pretty shitty, is my point. Mm -hmm. But it's a movie, I'll say, if you're a fan of the first one, go ahead and see this one. It won't impress you, but... You won't come away feeling like shit (laughs) for watching it. It won't
1: impress you, but it probably won't piss you off. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't call myself a fan of the first one. I find it interesting, mostly because I find, uh, what's his name, interesting as a director? What the fuck is his Uh, name? James Wan. Yeah, James Wan. James Wan is a director that I have an interesting relationship with. Eh, I'm watching relationship, clearly, I don't know the guy, but
0: yeah. um, <laughs> Devin, we all know you're sleeping with him.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, like my, my respect for him just sort of either goes really high or drops really fucking low. Yes. depending on his latest film,
0: he's very hit or miss. <laughs> yeah,
1: he really is.
0: Like, saw was intriguing. <clears throat> Death Sentence is fucking amazing. Death Sentence is great. Uh, Dead Silence, I think that was a puppet one, was fucking terrible. That
1: was, oh, that movie's awful. Yeah.
0: Uh, Insidious is fucking god-awful. Uh, the Conjuring's really good. He's really
1: good. Conjuring 2 is good. Conjuring
0: 2 is good. And uh, the Fast and Furious <laughs> Seven, movie he I did. I That was one. Justin Lin, I think. I don't remember if Justin Lin did the sixth or seventh.
1: No. Um, I'm pretty sure James Wan did the seventh one. Was he the seventh yeah. one? All right. So yeah, and yeah, the yeah. seventh Fast and the Furious movie kind of
0: fucking sucks. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: if, in case you were wondering, but <clears throat> so yeah, so that's all you've been watching.
0: Uh yeah, that's pretty much it. The one thing I will mention again with uh, Jigsaw is that uh, Carrie Elwes does not return, who was he was Doctor Gordon in that. Okay. The dude in the blue shirt. Mm-hmm. He was sort of set up as the jigsaw the new Jigsaw in the seventh film.
1: Yeah, that's something that drives me nuts. And one reason why I just I don't want to go anywhere near the Saw series is like, can we fucking stop with who's gonna be the new Jigsaw? Oh, yeah. That's just such a weird, bizarre fucking concept for a serial killer. Like, yeah. somebody has to take his place. Why? The, the
0: million secret apprentices that he has. God, it's just <laughs> stupid. Yes, but Tobin Bell, who played John Kramer, Jigsaw, in the first three films, you know, as Jigsaw, I'm convinced, he was in it.
1: I'm convinced he's the only reason people like most of the movies, is because they just like him.
0: Oh, yeah. Tobin Bell is a pretty decent actor for being in Saw films. <laughs> he hasn't done much outside of them that's of note. But from what I've seen of him, he's a pretty decent actor. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Yeah. So uh, is that all you had on that? I haven't watched anything else. So all what right. have you been watching? So,
1: yeah, um, I have been watching exactly nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have been playing something, which is, which is what I'm going to talk about Ooh, uh, right. this week. Yeah. So my, my movie watching has crawled to a halt due to mm, several things. You know, life gets mm-hmm. in the way from time to time. Yep. Um, but I have been playing an old school point and click FMV game with Francisco.
0: FMV means full motion video. Yes, full motion video. So there are. There uh, were... Full motion video is one of those terms that I will argue with people what it means, but for now.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It uh, doesn't matter uh, for point. now. basically, all you need to know is that there were a bunch of these games that came out in the 90s. Yes,
0: all shot with digitized actors yeah, and there sets were, and they stuff like that. they were
1: generally point and click. Adventure games that used live-action actors and sets, or if not live-action sets, then photorealistic for for-the-time yeah. uh, CG sets.
0: Pre-rendered sets. Yeah, pre-rendered.
1: And so the one I've been playing is Phantasmagoria 2. <laughs> uh, when Francisco was here a few months ago, we played the first one, and we loved the shit out of it because of how fucking cheesy it was. And we wanted to play the second one. I wanted to play it more than he did because yeah. he the thing that he liked about the original one was the sort of gothic atmosphere, the big ass mansion, you know, all, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And the second one loses all of that.
0: Uh, the big ass mansions and video games in the nineties. <laughs>
1: the cg big ass man like if you want to talk about cg sets holy god yeah (laughs) the second one is more contemporary yeah you know it it takes place in like a dude's apartment and just like an office building (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it doesn't really have the same gothic atmosphere that the first one did and it's got pretty much nothing to do with the first one i mean it's it's kind of mind-blowing why they even called it Phantasmagoria 2. They could have just given yeah. it its own title, you know. <laughs> but I'm also enjoying the shit out of this one because it's god awful. I mean, it's so bad that it's good, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's it's hilarious. The acting is better than it was in the first one,
0: which is a good thing.
1: I mean, the acting's not good. I'm just well, saying it's it's
0: better than Well, the first but he, one, but
1: though. here's the thing. Whether it's a good thing or not is questionable. Because one of the things that made the first one so entertaining was the batshit crazy acting. Mm, In in this one, the acting is just sort of more one note. Yeah. Like, it's it's just below competent, so it's not nearly as
0: funny. So it was sort of like... Fuck! Which one was Christopher Walken in? Oh
1: yeah, what and was he was that? just like, like completely under a monotone. Moon. Was yeah, that it?
0: something like it that. Was,
1: it was one of the Tex Murphy games, I think.
0: Yeah, and he was just like completely like deadpan the entire time. Yeah,
1: which is what was so fucking hilarious. You can find, you can, you can go look that up on. It, on it's YouTube. on Steam
0: if you want to well, buy it. Yeah,
1: if you want to buy it, it's on but, Steam. But you <laughs> could just go look up Chris Walken's clip on YouTube because yes, he's not in the whole game. He's in yep. like one scene of it. Um, but he's hilarious. It's
0: fucking hilarious.
1: But yeah, this one, we're I I'm guessing about halfway through. Um, so it's only been like, it's it's a horror game, horror oh. in, in air quotes, right? <laughs> yes. But, um, so the the horror elements have been very sporadic and middling. But I'm loving the uh subject matter, mm. where it's just like it's basically a schizophrenic guy getting into BDSM, and yep, that's the yep. game. I mean, and it's 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 shocking, too, because the
0: game has no story, oh, so it's Hellraiser the game,
1: yes, it is no, that's not even. Ca- I, I yep, said yep. that when we were playing it. It's fucking yep. Hellraiser the game.
0: Uh, um, I fucking love those games though, cause they're just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like Phantasmagoria One and Two, which I've played.
1: yeah. um, but like the thing is, I, I say it's about a schizophrenic guy getting into BDSM. I mean, you can get all kinds of things in your head of what that story could be, right? Yeah. Except there isn't a story. It's just there's a guy who's basically schizophrenic and then there's a girl who's into BDSM that he likes. There's yeah. The game gives you no direction. It doesn't tell you what you're supposed to be doing. There's, there's no reason why you're doing anything. You're just sort of walking around clicking everything on every screen until something happens
0: <laughs> that sounds like a 90s point and click game not
1: all of them were that bad though i mean the first phantasmagoria wasn't that bad the first phantasmagoria gave you a direction it had a story you know you you understood generally what you were supposed to be doing yeah you know and the the game was figuring out how to do it yeah this game it you don't even understand generally what you're supposed to be doing it's just here's a guy that's the game here's a guy <laughs> now do stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's as far as it goes and you're just left to like guess at what you're supposed to be doing, which I guess is kind of interesting in the fact that you don't really know where the story is going to be going because there isn't a story. So it could just be any fucking shit could just happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could you could finish this chapter and then the next one you're just going to see him strapped to a bed with his dong hanging out. <laughs> And somebody beating the shit out of him, and you would go, No, I I you know, this makes sense to me in this game. You know what I mean?
0: So would you say the best way to play that game is come up with what's happen what the story is in your head and sort of go with it?
1: That's pretty much what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Like the the story that
1: we came up with while we were playing it is that this is a guy who's just trying to live his life but then woke up one day to find that he's being controlled in a computer game,
0: <laughs> right? That sounds and, like that fucking Hellraiser movie, Hellworld.
1: And so, like, because he just keeps doing stuff that any normal human being would be like, why yeah. the fuck is that guy doing that? So to us, even he is like, why the fuck am I doing this? It's because we the player are like telling them, yeah, go fuck with the cops. You know? <laughs> Even though that's what uh, the game wants you yeah. to do. Like it's it it really is just like no human being on earth would do the things that this man is doing in this game. Oh,
0: so it's like me playing a telltale game.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: All through the fucking Walking Dead game, I just wanted the main character just to turn around and dome the little girl. <laughs> Uh unfortunately that was not an option. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I've been really enjoying it because it's it's cheesy and weird and I will always have a love in my heart for FMV games, you know, like Phantasmagoria yep. 1, yep. Uh, Gabriel Knight 2 because the first one and the third one aren't FMV. No. Uh the Tex Murphy games. There was a new Tex Murphy game.
0: I know. Um
1: that didn't look that good to me. I I never played it, but
0: neither did I. Uh, Night Trap was entertaining.
1: Mm, yeah, Night Trap. So, yeah, uh, that's what I've been doing. It's pretty much just uh, playing that game with Francisco when I can. Uh, I need to watch more movies. Yeah, but uh, so do yeah. I. So, I
0: have, like, four or five movies on my list of things to watch that I can talk about. Oh, my about. God,
1: no, that doesn't even touch mine. Yeah. I. Well, I
0: mean for, like, talking about, like, next week.
1: Okay, fine. But, like, I tend to buy a lot of movies that I want, right? Yep. But then it's just finding time or being in the mood to watch them. Yep. So before those movies get sorted into my main collection of movies, they sit on their own shelf of yes. movies that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. And occasionally I'll just look at that shelf and I'll grab one and I'll watch it and then I'll sort it into my main collection.
0: Yeah, I do that too, but I end up looking at that and then I'm just like, I'm just going to take one that I've already seen.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I end up doing a lot, too. But so I've got like 20 or 30 movies just like sitting there that I haven't watched since I got them. Yeah. So.
0: All right. Yeah. So preview for next week of what I watch. I watch a movie called Violent Shit.
1: Right. You're going to watch that on your own? We're not going to like. Well,
0: if you want to watch it together, we can.
1: We could. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be about like finding time because I have some shit that I need to be doing. But, um but yeah so you found you found a yeah. collection
0: of uh, the... four five movies four of them called violent shit and one of them called zombie 90 they were made on video eight back in the 90s and they're german yeah. films no
1: they're yep. not they're all german they're, they're all
0: mean... german just a couple of them are in english instead Which, okay. of in german that's
1: fucking weird he brought he brought that over to my place like last week and just handed me a DVD case that said violent shit on it. <laughs> and both of us had the same reaction to it, I think. Not yeah. that it was like, this shit is violent, but like somebody taking a violent shit.
0: Yes. Right? I saw that in the video store, and that's exactly what I expected <laughs> when I first saw it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you'll have to let me and all of us know how... Yes.
1: How at least one of those movies is.
0: Yes, if we do not end up watching it together.
1: Yeah. All right. So, are we ready to just uh, move on to topics now? Oh yeah. All right. Well, I've got a few sort of shorter topics, so right. we'll we'll hit those real quick. Uh, so my first one is: Do you know of the movie currently being filmed called The Irishman?
0: The Irishman. Yes, it's a Martin Scorsese movie.
1: Yes, it is uh, Martin Scorsese's newest. Set to be released this year. I've been keeping well, a close eye on this movie.
0: I completely forgot about it till now, so.
1: I've been keeping a close eye on it because this sounds amazing just by the cast. Do you know the cast?
0: Uh, Vaguely. Okay. I know it. Uh, when gonna, I saw it, it's fucking hilarious. I'm going to go but, over the cast. All right. Yeah.
1: Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Harvey Keitel. Yep. All right. Holy fuck. Like, I, just Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in a Martin Scorsese movie like you have my money right there.
0: Yeah. Oh, that gets me super hard.
1: Um, but you know who else it has in it? Mm. Ray Romano. Yep. Why? <laughs> Why the fuck is Ray Romano in a Martin Scorsese movie? Why is Ray Romano in any movie? Like, not to shit on Ray Romano. I actually yeah. do like him, but it's like Ray Romano? <laughs> You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Where
1: it's like, yeah, when I think of who to cast in my movie, the first actor I go yeah. to is Ray Romano, clearly.
0: Yes. Uh I, I don't I don't even know. I do know <laughs> that the movie is based on a true story about a gangster who is nicknamed the Irishman.
1: Yeah. So um, I don't remember
0: the name of the actual gangster, but
1: So the reason I bring it up is because it just got a uh cover. Mm. or the the poster was just released of it. That's fascinating. So, and it's currently filming. It wasn't filming last time that uh, I looked it up. Yeah. And, yeah, it's listed to be released this year. I don't know when, if I had to guess, it would be winter.
0: Probably, if it's uh, filming now.
1: Yeah, and, of course, it's a drama. Winter's usually, or dramas usually come out in the winter. Yep,
0: though uh, Star Wars is ruining that. Uh, but, anyways, yeah. anyway. moving on.
1: So, yeah, just... It's a movie that I'm really looking forward to. I'm glad to see progress on it. Yes, and yeah, we're we're gonna be keeping an eye on that one.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing that on Scorsese's IMDb like two years ago.
1: Yeah, it's been up there for a long time.
0: Yeah, yep. so I'm and so I'm
1: glad to see it actually moving.
0: Exactly, because when I first heard of it, I was I was like, yes, have my money. Yeah, because the cast has been listed there for that two years as well, mm-hmm. so.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, the the cast has been locked in to, to that cast for a really long time, and it's going to be really interesting to see Joe Pesci in a movie again. Yes. I haven't seen him for a long fucking time. I
0: know, and that's kind of sad because I like him in films. Yeah. I like I him like, a lot. Joe,
1: Joe Pesci's great. Yeah. All right, so uh, my next topic is something else that happened literally the day after we recorded last week. All right. Which, which is... God, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this name. Sorry if All I butcher right. it. All right.
0: I'll try and help you.
1: Sergey Mikhailovich Eisenstein. Right.
0: Let me see that.
1: <laughs> it is a Russian name.
0: Yes. Uh <laughs> Sergei Mikhailovich Einstein.
1: That's what I fucking said.
0: I no Eisenstein. Uh, yeah, Eisenstein, Eisenstein. Not Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Yes, uh, he's the Russian cousin of Albert Einstein. No, okay. Um, okay, I tried my best. Sergei Eisenstein.
1: Yeah, whatever. Do you know who he is? No. Okay, um, you might, actually, after right. after I go over this. So, it was his birthday on the 22nd, and he is a, or was a filmmaker, mm. uh, born in 1898, <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. died in 1948, which only made him 50 years old. Yeah, um, But he is one of the most influential filmmakers mm-hmm. and was one of the first...
0: Now that I'm thinking about it, I do recognize his name. Uh,
1: right. I, I think you'll recognize one of his movies. Alright. Um, he, he was also one of the first film theorists ever. Mm. And he's the person who pioneered the idea of montage editing right Right, yeah so basically what that means is not like a montage like you commonly think of what a montage is you know not like rocky balboa (laughs) fucking running up the steps no um what what he meant by montage editing is in the 20s the silent film era most editing was simply running one scene into the next scene right -hmm. and his concept was no, we can take multiple different scenes or, or images that seemingly don't have anything to do with each other and combine them to create a new meaning, yeah. right? So you could cut around to different images and build meaning that way rather than just through action. Yes, right? which
0: is something that pretty much all filmmakers do today.
1: Yes. Oh, it is the standard in filmmaking. Like, yep. if, if you don't know how to do this, then get the fuck out of film. I mean, it, it's it's also not complicated either. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like this really intellectual fucking thing that you do in film. It's, it's really an obvious thing to do, but it's obvious now because he pioneered it. Right? Yeah. Because filmmaking back then... Was thought of more as like uh, basically just filming a play. You know, you weren't making yep. a movie, you were just putting a play onto film and then yeah. stitching it all together and running it as a movie.
0: Yeah, you set up a camera in front of a set and had your actors do their shit in front of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that was filmmaking for a long time. And then this guy comes along and he's like, no, you know, we can do more with this medium. You know, it's its own mm-hmm. thing, it can function separately. So. His very first movie was a movie called Strike in 1925. I don't know much about that one. Mm-hmm. But the second movie that he directed was called Battleship Potemkin.
0: Oh, I've seen that one. Okay.
1: The The thing about Battleship Potemkin is yeah. it, it has one of the most famous cinematic scenes ever mm-hmm. in it. At least among eh, scholars, I use that word. <laughs> unpretentiously, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, people who study film, uh, it's got a very, an incredibly famous and incredibly influential scene in it, which is the scene on the steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically in the scene, uh, it's people fleeing from a battle, you know, and they're all running down the steps and a w- couple things here. Uh, one is he really showed the the trauma that the people were going through. Like the the thing was, a little boy tripped and fell down on the steps and then in their panic, people were just running over top of him, trampling him to death. Mm-hmm. So he, he really put that forward, which was new for film. But then he also used an editing technique to expand time, which is, again, something that's sort of commonly used now. And I'm not talking about slow-mo. I'm talking about how you edit between different people to make a short event feel longer, so that you're getting all the detail, right? Yeah. So he stretched this maybe minute and a half scene out to eleven minutes, right? By by doing that, it was later, I want to say implemented, but maybe ripped off, you know, yeah, uh, eh, give or take, in uh, the Untouchables. Mm. There's the scene in the Untouchables where they're running down the steps of like the courthouse, I wanna say, and there's a baby stroller that's uh, you know, the the mother's lost control of the baby stroller and is going down the steps while there there's this big shootout going on. And it's basically the same scene. They wanna say paid homage, <laughs> you know. I question that, but yeah, there you go. So, uh if any of this sounds interesting to you, go look this guy up. He had had a really interesting life. He started as an engineer. It was a, a family occupation, and he decided to leave that to become, a, or or to pursue a career in stage, and then eventually left that to move over to film. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend that you go look him up. He's a really interesting character and extremely influential uh, in the art of cinema. Yeah, that's all I got on that one.
0: <laughs> the emphasis you put on cinema, though. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, now we're going to move on to the main topic All
0: right, this the... week,
1: which is the Oscars. Yes. So how we're going to do this is we are going to start at the bottom of the nominees and work our way up uh, till, and we'll discuss Best Picture last. So no. basically the order that they actually do the Oscars in. And we're, we're not going to talk about every one of them. You know, yeah. we're, we're going to hit the categories that we care about or if there's a movie in there that we specifically have something to say. Yes. So, uh, we're going to skip makeup and hairstyling. And we are going to go to film editing.
0: All right. So, and, what are the nominees there? Okay.
1: So, the nominees for film editing are Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, M- Missouri. Missouri. I yeah. don't even Ebbing. know what that movie is.
0: Uh, well, Ebbing is a city in Missouri. Yes, thank you. <laughs> But yes. Okay, so the movie is a kid goes missing in Ebbing, Missouri. They start putting like the picture up on billboards, mm-hmm. and then the town gets pissed at them for doing that. That's as far as I know about the movie.
1: Okay, so you haven't seen it?
0: No. Right. I have not. It looked kind of garbage, but it has Woody Harrelson in it.
1: That's not saying much. Yes. I like Woody Harrelson, but I mean, come on. He's done some garbage.
0: Natural Born Killers. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, continuing on.
1: So, uh, anyway, so that's, that's the first nominee for film editing. Then we have The Shape of Water, I, Tonya, Dunkirk, and this is the one that pissed me off, Baby Driver. Mm. And basically, if Dunkirk doesn't win this category, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it basically comes down to that. <laughs> I haven't seen I, Tonya. Uh no. I want to see The Shape of Water, but Baby Driver? Are you fucking kidding me? Baby Driver. And Baby Driver was nominated for a lot. It's ridiculous. Like That is not the movie that you expect to win Oscars. Nor is it the movie that should.
0: No. And I think the only reason it's even on the list is because of how much when they were marketing the movie and all that, they talked about the editing was fucking this kinetic driving force. So that's the only reason because people remember that marketing.
1: Yeah, exactly. They remember the marketing, not the movie. Because if you watch the movie, it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean the the editing in that
0: movie is incredibly bland.
1: All right, so moving on to best visual effects. Uh, mm. now which for... I
0: noticed they don't have they don't separate in distinction between visual effects and special effects.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you mean no. practical. Um yeah, it, both because they're names. both special effects. Yeah. Um so okay, yes. For those who don't know, visual effects CG pretty much. Yep. If it's done on a computer, it's a visual effect. If it's done in person on the set it's a practical effect. Yes. So, best visual effects, War for the Planet of the Apes.
0: And that makes it quite a bit of sense. That was pretty visually impressive. Yep. I finally watched it. Oh, you did. Yes.
1: Just briefly, what'd you think about it?
0: Briefly? I thought it was a very it was a very interesting movie. It was a lot better than I was giving it credit for based on those around me telling their reviews of it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think it was a good end to the trilogy. Okay. It sort of maybe had the, you know, where it wanted to go muddled a bit, you know, between did between being a prequel to the first Planet of the Apes movie and doing its own thing.
1: Yeah. What did you think of that chunk of the movie where there was basically no dialogue?
0: That was the fucking best part of the movie.
1: Yeah. All right. So best visual effects were for the Planet of the Apes, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, because of course, Kong Skull Island. I mean, I guess. The effects were, I mean... Kong looked so yeah. dumpy, though. His proportions were fucking bizarre. And Which he,
0: was done on purpose, I found out.
1: Okay, he still
0: looked dumpy <laughs> and stupid. Um, I know. I guess the only reason I would even remotely put it towards that category is the amount of texture detailing that they put into it, but that's the yeah. only reason. Otherwise, it looked awful.
1: I, I would put the next... Nominee in their above Kong Skull Island, which is mm. Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Like if you yeah. if you want to talk about like I mean that texture, thing is
0: yeah that that movie is just one big chunk of CG. Yeah so.
1: exactly. And then of course finally Blade Runner. Yep. If Blade Runner doesn't win this, I'm gonna be pissed. Yes. Uh, because I mean you, we we were just talking about the distinction between visual effects and practical effects. Most of Blade Runner 2049 were practical effects yep. you see those huge uh you know cityscapes and things they're they're models yep. they're not you know just some bullshit that somebody slapped together on a computer
0: yeah and this was the reason why i brought up the distinction here was because yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about blade runner being practical effects for the most part
1: yeah and it, and it looks very good.
0: very impressive practical effects very yeah. expensive from what i heard
1: yeah um there were a few things like the Las Vegas thing when he's flying over the the highway there mm, yeah looked like a miniature to me but overall um really really great effects yeah incredibly immersive uh skipping live-action short film mm-hmm. skipping animated short film yeah. okay so since these <sighs> wait a minute what Okay, so these two categories have the exact same nominees. So mm. I'm just going to talk about them together because they're basically right. the same thing.
0: So what are the? Categories? I know
1: they're not the same thing for anybody who wants to get shitty about it, but they're yeah. for all practical purposes, sound editing and sound mixing yeah. are they may as well be the same thing when you're talking about an award.
0: Yeah, that honestly, I think they should condense it into they really just one just it, sound. Yeah, yeah
1: best sound. Yeah. Uh, so, the nominees for both of these categories are exactly the same. So, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Of course. Shape of Water. Dunkirk. Blade Runner 2049. And
0: fucking Baby Driver. <laughs> no! Okay?
1: No. Not Baby Driver. Yeah. I swear to
0: God. Cut the shit. I don't even remember. I think, is that the only two that Baby Driver has? Or does it no, have more? No, I think it has more. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Um. So, for this one... I was sort of debating briefly in my head, like, yeah. eh, Blade Runner or Dunkirk?
0: Yes, I'm going through that myself, I, I've, looking at I'm the sorry. list. I'm I
1: have to go with Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. I think Dunkirk kicks Blade Runner's ass when it comes to the sound. The sound in Dunkirk is intense. I mean, the sound in Blade Runner is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But the sound in Dunkirk is just on a whole other level. It's intense. I mean, if you... I, I saw that in the uh, Arizona Mills IMAX screen. So did I. The sound on that fucking thing, like when the bombers flew overhead, you ducked in the theater. It was incredible.
0: I can never give Dunkirk too much praise as a movie.
1: So Mm -hmm. we're going to skip costume design. I'm basically just going to say that Beauty and the Beast was nominated for (laughs) costume design. I saw that. What the fuck ever. Yeah. That, That whole movie just looks like... People playing dress-up. Yeah. Uh, if you want to give that an Oscar for best costume design, whatever. Yeah. I mean, what about Dunkirk? Like, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I would say Blade Runner for costume design, but Dunkirk? No. like Dunkirk, for sure. You're, you're designing an entire era, and they did it really well.
0: Yeah. They did it really accurately as well. Yeah.
1: The the uniforms were great. Uh, So, best cinematography- Uh, We have The Shape of Water, Mudbound. I don't know what that
0: is. I have no idea.
1: Uh, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, and Blade Runner. I wanted to see uh, Darkest Hour. I didn't get around to it. Same. So again, oh, and I haven't seen Shape of Water. So again, this one comes down to between Blade Runner and Dunkirk. Yeah. And in terms of cinematography, like that's a hard one. Because on a technical level... I mean, Dunkirk kicks Blade Runner's ass. Yeah. But on an aesthetic level, Blade Runner is stunning.
0: Yeah. That is one that I toss up in my head, and I won't be mad whichever one between the two wins that.
1: Yeah. If I'm going the unbiased route, I I think I would have to give it to Dunkirk. Like, I think it edges Blade Runner out by just a hair, Mm. but the reason I want it to go to Blade Runner is because cinematography is the only, what I would consider, like, majorly important Oscar that Blade Runner was nominated for.
0: Mm, Yes, and that's, I guess, spoiling a bit the later list.
1: Yes, it is, but I just... mm. It's and that it's frustrating. Me. It's frustrating. And we'll but, talk about that more yes, when we when we get up the list.
0: Because holy shit. <laughs>
1: so yeah, that is the last category that Blade Runner was nominated for. Yep. And that pisses me off to no Oh wait. No. Uh I thought I'm it, wrong. It was nominated it for one more, which is production design.
0: Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, but
1: still, like yeah. So production design, Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Blade Runner, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I would have to give it to Blade Runner.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: 100%. So, best original screenplay. Three billboards outside Edding, Missouri, The Shape of Water, Lady Bird, Get Out, Mm. and The Big Sick. We're going to be talking about Get Out in a little bit.
0: Yes, we will. Yeah, uh,
1: I haven't seen most of these, but I wanted to bring this up because it's noteworthy in that Blade Runner is missing. Is missing, yeah. Best adapted screenplay. Uh, Mudbound, Molly's Game, The Disaster Artist, Call Me by Your Name, and Logan. Hmm. So this this is interesting. People are people are really fascinated that Logan was was nominated for an Oscar. People are like really excited about that.
0: Mm. I think it's mainly because a superhero movie was nominated for something.
1: Yeah, exactly for something outside of like special effects. Yeah. So I have not seen most of them. I saw Logan, but I can't really compare it to Disaster Artist.
0: Uh, between those two, I would have to say Disaster Artist, because his- just because it's a much better story.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like people loved Logan. There's stuff about Logan that I like. Yeah, but in all honesty, like it's not very well written.
0: Yeah, it's something where. I very much enjoyed it when it came out. You know, it was something, I guess, a bit different. But the more I look back on it, the more I start finding more problems with it that I just blatantly ignored when it first came out.
1: I think that's true for most people. Like, there's a lot of fucking problems in that movie. Yeah. Um, Which is why... it's That's why that movie drove me nuts when it came out. It's because I wanted to like it. Mm-hmm. And, like, there were things that I did like about it, but the things that were so annoying that i didn't like about it were outweighing them yeah all right so moving on skipping best animated no not skipping best animated feature because this is fucking stupid all right uh so best animated feature loving vincent i don't know what that is no clue uh ferdinand haven't seen it
0: yeah that's a the movie about the animated bull
1: oh right yeah, yeah i wanted to see it it haven't. looked
0: yeah, it looked interesting, but not interesting enough for me to go out and see it in oh, theaters no, or anything. I'm not gonna see it in theaters, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll probably go and rent it sometime.
1: The breadwinner. Hmm. Coco, of course, because every fucking Pixar movie has to be nominated.
0: And are you
1: ready for this final one?
0: I'm not, but late on me. Boss Baby what boss
1: baby <laughs> boss baby was nominated for best animated feature like what the serious fuck is happening over at the oscars
0: i don't know but i did want to bring up netflix has a boss baby original series what yep, they're making a. they have their own series based on boss baby i saw that on netflix fucking dumbest thing Anyways, the only... I saw <sighs> Boss Baby. That just makes me yeah. sad and depressed. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, I saw Boss Baby for one reason. When they trip out. <laughs> There's a scene where they basically do drugs in the film. Oh, God. And that's the only reason I saw it. Otherwise, it you know it's a generic children's movie with Alec Baldwin for some reason.
1: Yeah. So, best original score. All right. Billboard's Outside Edding, Missouri.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Star Wars The Last Jedi. Of course. Shape of water mm-hmm. Phantom Thread and Dunkirk mm. what's missing here? Blade Runner yeah Blade Runner is conspicuously missing from best score. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? like go to YouTube and just listen to the Blade Runner 2049 score yeah and tell me that it doesn't deserve an Oscar
0: and if you say that, you're brain dead
1: I mean it's it's a am- like the score for that movie is amazing. It's very different from the original. Like yes. you you can like totally go listen to the original too, compare by them. the way. And and compare them. But yeah, they're very different, but they're both really fucking good. And for being as different as they are, they both feel like Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Right. The the original is more in the the high end, you know? There's more treble going on. Yeah. In twenty forty nine, there's a lot more. Much bass. more in the low end. Yeah. You there's know? A... Really heavy, rumbly. Uh, droning bass. Yes. And it's an amazing score. And the fact that it's not nominated for best score is insane. Yeah. It's insane.
0: Especially for me when I love, like, the, you know, the ambient music like that. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah, so do I. That drives me fucking nuts not seeing it on there.
1: So, I mean, yeah. I guess I would give it to Dunkirk for this one.
0: Yeah.
1: But, I mean, Dunkirk's score was good. Like, Don't don't get me wrong, you know, Dunkirk's score is good. It it has a really good sense of tension, you know, that constant tick, 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 tick that you have throughout the entire movie. It's not until you get to the very end of the movie when they're on the train and the guy falls asleep and it goes dead silent that you realize you haven't actually heard silence for the entire movie. And that Mm -hmm. right there is is very interesting, especially in a war film. When yep. you realize, like, yeah, think about that, you know? And the score is, is great. It really is. But I'm sorry, just Blade Runner was better.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. But Blade Runner is not on the list. So I would think Dunkirk. So, yeah, I, next. I would
1: have to give it to Dunkirk. Like, Dunkirk, like I said, is a great score. But yes. Blade Runner was just better. <laughs> uh, skipping original song, skipping documentary feature, documentary short, skipping foreign language film. Okay. Best Director Guillermo Del Toro for The Shape of Water Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread Uh, Greta Gerwig Uh, for Lady Bird Jordan Peele for Get Out which (sighs) we will get to and Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk you Uh, know what's missing?
0: uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve for
1: Blade Runner like I I don't I don't mean to sound like a broken record but what the fuck happened over at the Oscars? (sighs) I I just, I don't get it. Nobody goes to see Blade Runner in theaters and Mm -hmm. then
0: it's just completely ignored at the Oscars. What the fuck happened? I have no idea, but it's starting to feel like some vendetta against Denny Villeneuve. (laughs) Really? Like, right? Yeah. Every time a movie from him comes out, it seems to get overshadowed and ignored.
1: Yeah, because Arrival didn't get shit either, did it? No. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, for this one, you, you got to give it to Christopher Nolan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That being said, I haven't seen Phantom Thread. That's true. Paul Thomas Anderson is a good director, but it, it's it's another director that I have a love-hate relationship yeah. with. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you watch The Master, and it's like you want to like it, but then not
0: really. I'll talk about it a little bit when we get later on down this list. Okay. So, yeah,
1: for, for best director, would have to give it to Chris Nolan. Would give it to Danny Velenou. Uh, had he been nominated. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to skip supporting actress and supporting actor. All right. And we're just going to get into the lead actor and actresses. So, actor in a leading role, uh, Denzel Washington in Roman J. Israel Esquire. Esquire.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's like a courtroom film. Yeah. Which I'm I'm intrigued that that's the only thing it got. I mean... Mm. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it all the way through. I've seen bits of it. But from what I saw, it was actually a pretty decent movie. It definitely deserved more recognition than it got. Mm.
1: Yeah, I have mixed feelings about um, Denzel Washington. Yes, for Sometimes sure. I, I, I don't like him more than I do like him. But when mm. I like him, I like him a lot. So, yeah, uh, I have not seen that. So, Denzel Washington. Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, which, again, mm. I haven't seen but really want to. Yes, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how to say his last name. So,
1: um, so yeah, I I couldn't begin to really discuss this one because mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the movies. Not that I don't want to. Like, there there are some in there that I've been meaning to see. It's just, you know...
0: Yes, Darkest Hours time. at the top of my list for me out of all these movies yeah. that I haven't seen. Yeah, okay, you I'm know a... what? How, so, yeah, yeah for... Uh, since we can't really call which
1: one deserves the Oscar, which movie of these do you want to see the most?
0: I want to see Darkest Hour the most. Okay, yeah. I am a uh, history fanatic when it comes to World War One and World War Two, and you know I consume all media when it comes to those—video games, books, movies, television shows, whatever—and mm. so that above everything else that's on the nominations, I want to see Darkest Hour. Yeah, me too. And you know I I really like. Gary Oldman as an actor.
1: Oh yeah, Gary Oldman's great. So I, I left out uh Daniel Kaluuya for <laughs> nominated for best actor for Get Out, which mm-hmm. again we'll talk about. Yeah. Actress in a leading role. Meryl Streep in the post. Mm hmm. Uh Sour R- Ronan. I butchered the Lady fuck Bird. out of that name, but for Lady Bird. Yeah. Margot Robbie for I Tanya.
0: Hmm. Wait, Margot Robbie? Yeah. I didn't uh, – last thing I knew she was in was fucking Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, Francis McDormand for three uh, billboards outside
1: Edding, Missouri. Yeah. And Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Of all of all right. these, I think I want to see The Shape of Water the most. Again, because I haven't seen any of these. Yeah. I I, I want to see The Post – Yep. uh the more I hear about ladybird the more I'm interested in it but it flew completely under my radar yeah but I I want to see the shape of
0: water really badly mm-hmm
1: okay and finally the nominees for
0: best picture all right mm-hmm. uh, will you go ahead and take it or should I take it oh you can take it so we have call me by your name we have darkest hour we have Dunkirk we have ladybird we have Phantom thread we have the post. We have The Shape of Water. We have Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That title's a mouthful, is it? I know.
1: And we have Get Out. Yeah. So what's missing? Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. To be fair, I don't know that I would nominate Blade Runner for like Best Actor or Best Actress.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, Despite shit. how well, much I like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan
1: Gosling was good in it, uh, but I don't know that I would nominate him for Best Actor. Yeah. But for Best Picture... What the fuck happened, man? Like, god damn. you got to be showing Denny some respect. Seriously. He has more than earned it. Not just from Blade Runner. But, like, even if you only go back to Sicario, you have Sicario, Mm -hmm. Arrival, and Blade Runner. Three astounding movies. You know what I mean? He has more than earned his, like, attention, and they just refuse to give it to him. And Blade Runner is the one that I think really deserved it, and no, he just, he got shafted.
0: What should we talk about first? Because I've written a few notes based around these.
1: Okay, I'll I'll let you pick, because you know what I want to talk about. Yes, yes I do. So I'll let you pick.
0: All right, so before we get into that, because I know how that conversation is going to go. Yeah. It's a good one to end off on. We'll start down my list of notes. I wrote down some for a few of the movies, but what are, what are we're, we're going to start about? with the post. Okay. It is Spielberg, a. Spielberg, uh, right? Yes, it's a Spielberg yeah. film starring Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep. Great cast. Yes, it's about the uh, the Pentagon uh, Papers leak. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting because, like most, you know, based on true story movies, it's fairly inaccurate. The Post, being the Washington Post, was not the first to leak these. Mm -hmm. It was actually the New York Times and all that. But aside from that, I did find something very fascinating looking through the trivia of that. Okay. From the script to the film was nine months, like, to the completed cut.
1: That's that's quick. Yeah. Yeah. It was
0: shot in two months, from May to July of last year. And then the full edit was done, the complete edit, two weeks.
1: I mean, yeah, that's fast, but that doesn't really surprise me. I, I mean, you have you know, you have Spielberg, Hanks, and yep. Meryl Streep. Like all three of them know filmmaking in and out. You know what I mean? When you when you get a team like that together, you're gonna go fast because everybody knows what needs to happen and they're all good at it. Yeah. Um, I I wanna see the post a lot, but I've also become Rather disenfranchised with Spielberg as of late, yeah. his dramas have been hideously boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, this one was also accused of that by many uh, mm. reviewers.
1: Doesn't surprise me. I don't know what's going on with Spielberg. It's like he just he forgot how to make entertaining <laughs> movies, and just it's not even the subject matter. Because Spielberg,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, has plenty of movies that could be made you know, boring if you just made them as sterile and clinical as he has been lately, but he made them really engaging. Yeah. I don't know what happened since um the mid two thousands, but just he forgot how to make movies engaging and entertaining.
0: Which is sad because I do like Spielberg as a director a yeah, lot. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, aside from that, there wasn't too much interesting about that movie that I could find, aside from I guess like little pieces of trivia like uh I guess Tom Hanks and Harrison Ford had I like a falling out over this film.
1: Okay, that's weird. I but think sure. I think
0: it was supposed to be like Harrison Ford was supposed to star in it and then Tom Hanks got the role instead. It I was mean, something having like that. only
1: seen the trailer Harrison Ford in that would be weird. I'm sorry. Yes.
0: Yeah, I don't know the full story on that. That's just something I, I saw also, briefly. And also, it's a
1: Spielberg movie, you know? And and you, as an actor, are competing against Tom Hanks for for casting? hmm Tom Hanks and Spielberg are best fucking friends and have been for the past 30 fucking years. Yeah. You think you're going to win out over <laughs> Hanks, who is, by the way, also an incredible actor?
0: Yeah. The next uh, movie that I've written down here, Phantom Thread. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I find it interesting that it's already been nominated by for a fuck ton of other awards, you know, for other festivals and stuff, and it's won twenty of them so far. Mm-hmm. But it's also supposed to be Daniel Day Lewis's last film.
1: Yeah, but he fuck. <laughs> how many fucking times though? Like, what was it? it was Gangs of New York, I think, yeah. was supposed to be his last film. But then he did Lincoln, and that was supposed to be his yep. last film. Then he did fucking. Then this. Uh, this is his. No, first. no, no, no. There will be blood. Also, oh, right, right. Which no, was there was will be blood. Lincoln. Yeah, that, well, that was, was before Lincoln. That was before. But, was before. but still, so <laughs> this guy I don't even is know. always on the verge of quitting the fucking film industry. He'll come <laughs> back. He'll make a, a a movie, and then everybody yeah. loves him, and he wins an Oscar, and then he goes back to cobbling shoes.
0: Yeah. So which, yes,
1: that's what he went to go do. He is a fucking shoe cobbler. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, all the power to him. He's doing something he loves, fine. But then don't enough with the shit you know what i mean so, like either you're acting or you're not acting so, don't keep telling me you're leaving and then you fucking come back in five years and you're like hey i'm here just to steal the oscar peace out bras
0: yeah so do you think we're gonna see him in another film in like four years yes because that's been there will be blood then four years after was lincoln now this is four years after five years after that no i uh, i
1: guarantee you this is not his last movie like <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who loves acting. I I don't know why he keeps wanting to leave.
0: Fuck if I know, but I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, the only other note I have on this is that this is the first film that Paul Thomas Anderson's done that's set primarily outside of his home state of California. Mm. I just thought that was yeah, interesting. All of his I other movies have true, been I guess that's true, yeah. All yeah. of
1: all of his movies sort of take place in California.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right, next thing, Lady Bird. Um, I don't
1: know almost anything about this movie.
0: It's a coming-of-age story about a uh, girl at 17. Okay. I don't really know too much. Aside from that, I know bits and pieces here and there. It's a movie that really flew under my radar. Yeah. But there was some interesting trivia, I guess, with that. The director, Greta Gerwig, also wrote it. Her first draft of the script was 350 pages long.
1: Holy fuck okay, for those who are unaware, the basic rule of thumb for screenwriting is that every page roughly amounts to one minute yes, right
0: So three fifty pages is six hours.
1: yeah that would yeah that would be about a six hour movie.
0: <laughs> so
1: how long is it? Is it three hours?
0: I think so it's like two and a half three hours.
1: Ladybird is an hour and a half.
0: It's an hour and a half? Oh wow. It's they, really short. they
1: whittled it down from three hundred and sixty pages to ninety? Holy fuck.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. This last piece of trivia is that in the film there's uh some pictures the main character has on the wall of two bands Bikini Kill and Slater Keeney. Or Kinney. They're both two uh female punk bands from the ninety from like the eighties and nineties. They're like the the biggest movement of what was called the Riot Girl, which was a bunch of female fronted or entirely female punk bands.
1: Is uh is she a punk? Is that a thing?
0: Uh fuck if I know. <laughs> All right. It's about her being rebellious, so Yeah. Well, okay. Uh the director worked with Kathleen Hanna, who is the front woman for Bikini Kill hmm. in another movie, Maggie's Plan. Okay. Next is Call Me By Your Name. This one I found the funniest. Okay. So Call Me I'm By right. Your Name is an LGBT movie between an Italian guy and his translator. Like a young Italian man. I think he's supposed to be 17.
1: I think I've heard of this, like I heard and about his older, this movie a long time yeah, ago.
0: And it stars Army Hammer in it and the yeah, other guy no, who yeah, we can't yeah. pronounce the name of. I,
1: I know about this movie, yeah. Yes. It's been a long time since I heard about it. It came out like pretty early in the year, didn't it? Yeah.
0: It was filmed in chronological order, which... Not many movies are now na- uh, nowadays. No, not
1: many movies ever were. Yeah, or like, even ever. silent films weren't generally filmed in chronological order. Yeah, um, it's it's all down to what locations you can get, when, and for how long. So, like, you yes. you can't film in chronological order most of the time. It's cost prohibitive.
0: Yes. So this one was filmed. I think, I think it's like ninety percent in chronological order. Mm. This one was weird. It's dedicate. The film has a dedication. Okay. To Bill Paxton. <laughs> uh, one of the producers on the film, their husband was like best friends to Bill Paxton. Okay. So it was like their tribute to him. I thought that was weird to, <laughs> to yeah, have included. Yeah, that is <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah. Because he died like I think a couple months before the movie wrapped. Okay. Uh, There's a scene where the two characters are supposed to be you know rolling on the grass making out. All right. And they, that's the only rehearsal they did Did somebody for the film. have
1: like a horrific allergic reaction?
0: No. <laughs> so when they were rehearsing, they had chosen that scene at random okay. to rehearse that. And so they were, you know, they were rehearsing that and the director came over and told them, it should be more passionate, you know, get more involved. And so they're rolling on the grass and making out. And when they finally stopped, they're like, okay, I think we're done rehearsing. They looked up and the director just walked off. They were just alone there. Just rolling in the grass, making out.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah. Right? I was I was hoping the story would take a very different turn. Like they got way too into it and just started like taking their clothes off.
0: Right? <laughs> no, but this this next point gets very close. Okay, I'm ready. There's a scene that I guess is recognizable called the peach scene, where okay. the main character uses a peach to jerk off. <laughs> Essentially, like he fucks All the right, peach.
1: Sure. Look,
0: the director I Luka, must
1: see this movie yeah. now. Uh
0: the director Luca Guadang Guadagningo, Guadagnino. Guadagnino. <laughs> uh, fuck if I know how to say his name. <laughs> well
1: yeah, just go with it. The director. Uh, the director yeah.
0: to actually see if that was physically possible hey. used <laughs> <and> <laughs> fucked a fuck the oh, it. <laughs> of course yeah that's why yeah he didn't
1: totally just like read it in the script and it's like oh you can do that and he just wouldn't try it yeah <laughs> although uh, how does one fuck a peach you'd have to like get the pit out of it yeah
0: right? i'm pretty sure you pit it and then you just stick your dick in the hole i guess but i don't know I know what I'm doing later tonight. uh, The movie is based on a book, so that came straight from the book as well. Okay. And they'd gotten the rights to the book before the book was finished back in 2007, and I believe the script was completed in 2013.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I'm down. That's another movie that I did want to see, but that I completely forgot about because- haven't really heard anything about it since. So. Yes, and after yeah, that trivia,
0: cool. I have to see this movie now, what's, so. what's the name of that one again? It's called Call Me by Your Name. Call Me by Your Name. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll have to look for that one once it's out. Yep. All right. So that's all the notes I have. So. All
1: right. I I did have one more thing on on Blade Runner. All right. Uh, before we move on. All right. So, <laughs> I was I was I was being pissed right mm-hmm. that Blade Runner wasn't nominated for Best Picture, wasn't nominated for. Uh, best score and, yeah. and all that other stuff. And and I was looking through all of the other awards shit, right? Y- you know, you go to IMDb and you can just click on yeah the, the link. And it'll take you to everything it's ever been nominated for or won. Right? Yeah. And I was looking through it. Tons of places nominated for best score. Hmm. So that's awesome. yeah But I'm looking through and I'm like, fucking nobody nominated Blade Runner for best picture? Mm. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, almost nobody What the fuck is wrong with this world? And I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, there's one. Are you ready? Yes. Blade Runner won Best Picture. All
0: right. At the IGN Summer Movie Awards. Oh, IGN was the only one who nominated it? IGN Summer Movie Awards, and it won. I mean, at least it won, but- IGN.
1: <laughs> like why? I mean, like fine, somebody recognized it great, but why oh. IGN and why oh. only IGN? What the fuck is wrong with this world? And we're about to discuss more about what's wrong with this world as we move on to our final topic mm. of the Oscars. Get out. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to start or should I start? You can start. Okay. Do I have to? Yes.
0: All right. Um
1: so we we talked about Get Out at one point.
0: Yes. Uh second episode, the year-end roundup. Yeah,
1: that's right. And we shit on it then and we're going to shit on it now. Yes, yes, we will. <sighs> so, Get Out. Uh I thought it was like this flash in the pan, you know. Mm-hmm. It it struck a nerve politically. Yeah. And so people just sort of Liked it because of that and regardless of everything else. Um, But to see it nominated for Best Picture blows my mind. Like, we're going to nominate an overtly racist movie for Best Picture? Really? That's where we are right now? Like, what if this movie had been made uh, from the opposite opposite perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a black family that was turning white people into slaves – And it was all about how black people are evil and how white people are are good. Yeah. If that movie had been made, uh, first of all, the director would have been assassinated. Oh, yeah. And then if it had been nominated for Best Picture, there would be massive protests at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Right? But because it's the other way around, and it's basically white people are evil and uh, black people are good, uh, suddenly... It's, it's nominated for Best Picture, and everybody's like, yeah, great. You know, uh, this movie deserves it somehow, even though underneath the political bullshit, it is a bland, generic, completely ordinary thriller, not even well made. And the problem is, what's, what really pisses me off is you can't even talk about this. Like, how many people do you think are going to hear this and just call me a racist? Oh,
0: Plenty. Um, and
1: and that's that's what the problem yeah. is is like you can't even talk about it without being called a racist or a white supremacist like, oh, you know, you just want white people to be the heroes of every movie and black people to be the villain. No, I want neither to always be either the hero or the villain. Yeah. they're just people you know can we can we please cut the political shit and and stop making. Racist movies, whether it's racist towards black people, towards white people, towards Mexicans, towards anybody else. And for the love of fuck, when one gets made, stop praising it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like just because it's racist against white people, you know, people are like, oh, we have to like this or we'll be called racist. And that's exactly what's happening. And I think even the last time we talked about this, I compared it to. Um, Brokeback Mountain. Yes, where it was like if you dared to say that you didn't like Brokeback Mountain, oh, suddenly you're a homophobe, <laughs> right? It's the same fucking thing with Get Out, and it's it pisses me off to no fucking end. It really does.
0: I think this was a time coming because people have been primed by by some some of the other movies that have come out that have been in the same tone, but to a lesser degree. And I, I, I,
1: okay, Yeah. before we get into that, what I want to also make very clear mm-hmm. is I do not believe that Jordan Peele is racist. Mm. I think that this movie is just a product of the current political atmosphere. Like, I, I'm not trying to accuse Gordon Peele of of being racist. Gordon Peele? Gordon. What's his fucking name? Jordan. Jordan, sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to accuse Jordan Peele of being racist at all. I don't yeah. I don't think he is legitimately. Um I'm I'm not a huge fan of Kean Peele, but mm-hmm. I've seen some sketches, some stuff that they've done on race. It's you know, etc. And I've I've never been like offended by any of it. I never I never got like that sort of vibe from them. Mm, yeah. I think that this movie is just a product of the current political environment and I think that he made it with that in mind and didn't give any thought to the other side. Right. Yeah. So I don't think he's racist. Mm-hmm. And to what you're saying is that audiences have been primed? Yeah. I kind of get that. There's been a couple movies that have come out. like The
0: one I want to bring up is the remake, I guess you could call it, of Birth of a Nation.
1: Okay. I was going to bring that one up last. All right. Because we have, uh, I think there are two others, and I don't remember the name of one of them. But there's... Mm. There's also 10 Years a Slave.
0: Yeah, uh, 12 right? Years a Slave.
1: 12 Years a Slave, sorry. Which was a good movie, by yes. the way. Um, that was actually a really good movie with a few sort of quarks, uh, shall we say? <laughs> like, you know, why the fuck is Brad Pitt just like a magically nice white man? Yes. A little bit weird, but...
0: I mean, he, he's whatever. not I'll, a I'll, I'll nice take it, because
1: the movie is really good. Yes. <laughs> and there was another one that I do not remember the name of. Mm. Uh... It's gonna piss me off, but eh, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But then we had the remake of Birth of a Nation. So, how much, how into that do you want to get?
0: Not too into that. Do you want to talk really? about the original? Let's briefly just gloss over the history of it of the movie okay. and. Uh, All right. So the original Birth of a Nation was. It came out in 1925. Silent
1: film. It was a silent it was film. A, it was the first epic ever made, as far as yes. I know.
0: Yes, which is kind of weird because it was a Ku Klux Klan-funded film.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. And and so, it,
1: it was like four hours long, too. Yes,
0: it was four hours long, and there weren't no there were any black actors in that, actually. It was a bunch of white people dressed yeah. up to black look face. black. Blackface, yep. yeah. And weirdly enough, it ended up just sort of being there. For the time, um,
1: from what I remember, yeah, from what I know, like in the time that it was made, it wasn't like hailed as like a great movie. No, no, other than the fact that it was like this big war epic, mm-hmm. and yes, it was a war epic. It was it was about the uh, the Civil War, mm-hmm. uh, and it it showed warfare and and all that kind of stuff. So it you know and but it's even talked about now. In you know, in historical context yes. and, and all that, but it's it's discussed now amongst filmmakers in a positive light, aside from the racism, yes. right? It, they 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 discuss the filmmaking in a positive light, <laughs> not the subject matter. Yes. Because no,
0: the subject matter it definitely within fil- uh, film history classes and stuff like that, and just filmmaking classes. Yeah, the first thing I think that all the teachers say is. We're going to be talking about this movie. It's extremely racist. We do not condone the racism. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and of course, neither we, do don't, we, condone the we racism don't condone the racism <laughs> either. No.
0: Like it's fucking horrible,
1: but in terms of filmmaking for the time, it was incredibly impressive. Yes. Now, we shoot forward to was it 2016 uh, that it came out or 2015? Yes, 20
0: It was it was 2016, I think. Okay.
1: So, they remade it.
0: Yes. And
1: Okay, first of all, my question is who the fuck looks at that movie and is like, we should remake that? Yeah. What brain does that fucking come out of? I mean, honestly. I,
0: I remember when I first heard about it, we were seeing a movie, and it was one of the fucking posters in the theater. And I looked at him like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. And so what we should say is it was remade, and it was yeah. just as racist, except in the opposite direction.
0: Yes. Uh, it was extremely racist towards white people, but it had it had a flare-up of, you know, you can't say anything about the filmmaking because you're racist, but it more or less flew mostly under the radar.
1: Uh, actually, I heard it what get I called out quite really? a bit. It has a really low rating on IMDb. Mm. And, I yeah, I heard it get called out quite a bit. If you go look at Rotten Tomatoes or you look at IMDb, there's a good chunk of people going, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> This is insanity. Right. And it is. It's it's fucking crazy, but
0: then I ended up dealing with the wrong people because <laughs> everyone that I that I came into contact with about that movie was just you can't say anything bad about it because it's positive for for the black for community. Me, yeah.
1: I mean, all you have to do, like if you haven't,
0: yeah. go
1: watch the trailer for the 2015-2016 Birth of a Nation. Yeah. All you have to do is see the trailer and your mind will explode. It's it's ridiculous that this movie was allowed to be made. It's <laughs> yes. insanity.
0: It, especially, like, I mean, if it had any other title, I think it would have just pretty much been just, you know, forgotten. there, it, forgotten. It would have been forgotten,
1: but it's like— The only
0: reason it's you, ever remembered is because it has the name Birth of a Nation on it. You <laughs>
1: remade an overtly racist film into a second overtly racist film. yeah good for you i guess um and birth of a nation the the remake is what made me not want to see 12 years a slave yeah because i looked at the trailer for 12 years a slave and i was like god damn it it's going to be another preachy nightmare that just wants to tell me how shitty white people treated black people you mm-hmm. know as if we don't all already fucking get it and so it took me a long time to see Twelve Years a Slave, but I'm glad I that I eventually did. Yeah, um, because Twelve Years a Slave is a good movie. Um, but yeah, that that gets us to uh, Get Out, which again is not nearly as like insanely racist as Birth of a Nation was. <laughs> it's not on that level, but it still very much is. Like every white person in the movie is either evil or stupid. Yeah, and
0: you all- even get that from the trailer
1: yeah you do that was the thing is like i saw the trailer and i was like come on like this is what we're doing yeah you know and people came to me and they were telling me like no like we swear you know like yeah we know that's how the trailer came off but the movie's not like that and so i was and like and
0: then the movie was like that.
1: yeah i was like okay so I'll, I'll give the movie a try and it fucking was like that yes but yeah like it, the movie is confusing too yeah. like not on a surface level, like you get it, you know, the white people are turning black people into robot slaves, fine, but when you actually try to break down the logic and how they're saying it's happening, it's batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. And then, of course, the overall message being that, look how badly white people treat black people, and it's like, what decade are you living in? Yeah. I mean, I, yes, like, yes, there are still problems. But then deal with those problems. Mm-hmm. Don't make a movie a, a contemporary film that takes place in modern day that's trying to make the point that white people still treat black people like slaves. Are you fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. there's There's so much that I could say, and it's just, yeah, the fact that it was nominated for Best Picture just hurts. Nominated that that was nominated for Best Picture. Yet Blade Runner is nowhere to be seen.
0: Yes. If I had to reorganize the list, it's a pretty solid list. Just replace Get Out with Blade Runner.
1: Um, yeah. And what, what hurts the most, too, is like, yes, the movie's overtly racist, but it's also just not even a good movie. Even if you remove that element from it, it's just not a good movie. It is a bland thriller mm-hmm. that's not particularly well constructed. Yes. It has a few good shots, I'll give it that. Like I the, the shot of him like, you know, in the chair, holding on the chair with his eyes like bug eyed and crying. Yeah. That's a great shot. It's fucking creepy. You know? Mm-hmm. Um and that's one of the shots that kind of sold me on wanting to see the movie is like, yeah. okay, that's that's cool. Um, but then you watch the movie and you're just like, What the fuck is happening here?
0: Yeah. And I mean, aside from those the few shots that are good. It's really bland in the it filmmaking really and cinematography it really is. There
1: there's nothing special about the movie whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Even like the writing outside of the racism is just terrible. It, yeah, no, the like, dialogue is awful.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a way, you could almost even compare it to like the Stepford wives now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. I just I want the movie to just be ignored. Yeah. Like it deserves to be. You know, it's it's I... Like I would have forgotten about this movie, mm-hmm. except that it keeps being brought back up. Yes, it just—they you know,
0: keep shoving it in our faces. This is
1: not a movie that I want to keep harping on about. It's not worth it. No, you know what I mean. But because it keeps getting shoved in our faces, people keep bringing it up. I'm—it's starting to piss me off mm-hmm. that people either don't see it for what it is or don't want to see it for what it is. Yeah, I don't know which it is. Maybe it's a combination of both, but. It's it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And being just yeah, I'm, I mean I'm going to start repeating myself now, but just being nominated for best picture instead of Blade Runner is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, I will never understand. <sighs> All right, so uh, that is our rant. I think. Yeah, I. Th- Did you have anything else to talk about in terms of the Oscars?
0: There isn't really too much, aside from that, that's interesting about the Oscars this year in general.
1: Yeah, there's really not. Like, the only two movies that I was really interested in were Blade Runner and Dunkirk. Yeah. And Dunkirk seems to be doing okay, at least in terms of nominations, but Blade Runner just got completely shafted. Yeah. All right, so if that's all we got on the Oscars, then I think we're going to move on to our suggestions
0: for tonight. Oh, boy.
1: Do you have one? Did you think of uh, one this week? Or am I going to have to sit here for five minutes? I'm going to have to sit here yes, for five yes, minutes, are. aren't I? All
0: right, how then you, I'll go how, first. How about you go first?
1: All right. Um, so my recommendation, I, I'm going art house this All week. All right. And I'm going to recommend a movie called The Berberian Sound Studio. Mm. Uh, that is B-E-R-B-E-R-I-A-N Sound Studio. Yeah. I thought about it because last week we briefly mentioned Toby Jones. Yes. Uh for God, I don't remember what movie he was in. It was like a really small mm. Oh, right. Uh <laughs> the the snowman. Uh. He briefly randomly showed up in that for half a scene and then disappeared. But yeah, so Toby Jones is an actor that I actually really like. Um he does a lot of like weird quirky stuff. Yeah. Uh and the Barbarian Sound Studio is definitely in that vein. But it is probably the weirdest, quirkiest, most art house movie that I've ever seen him in. And basically, what it's about is a sound designer, uh, played by Toby Jones, Mm -hmm. gets called to Mexico, I believe, to sound design a horror movie. And the whole thing is very odd. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if you're into art house, you'll probably love it. If you're not into art house, I still suggest watching it because it's it's interesting uh it has really good atmosphere it's really well acted the story is questionable but that's par for the course when it comes to art house uh i liked the movie because of its atmosphere and because i like toby jones it's a really really interesting movie and i suggest that all of you go out and see it it was on netflix and they pulled it it's another hmm. one of those movies right, that they ripped off netflix
0: I remember that because I had it in my list, and I was going to see it, and they pulled it when I went to go watch it. So,
1: yeah. Um, I don't know how hard it is to find it because I haven't, I haven't tried looking mm-hmm. for it. I need I to. have.
0: It's pretty hard to find from what I saw. Is it on Blu-ray at least? I think it is. Is it, if it on American Blu-ray? I don't think so.
1: Okay. So you, you might have your, your work cut out for you uh, trying to find it. But if you can, I'm sure you could rent it on iTunes. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm sure it's there. If not, Amazon maybe. Even yeah. though Amazon streaming is ass, as we've discussed before, we're not going there again. But yeah, right. um, even if you can't find it on disc, I'm I'm sure you can find it streaming somewhere. So yeah, yes. definitely, Berberian Sound Studio,
0: give it a look. So, I have a recommendation. This one is more controversial. I'm going to recommend Cannibal Holocaust. Actually.
1: Oh my god! All right. It's, We're going there, are we? Yes, yes, we are. You fucking splatter whore.
0: Yes, fight me. Outside of the the controversy of animal, av- animal abuse, which like, there not, is a y- cut that Roger, rog- i don't know how to say his fucking name. The director, Deodato, yeah. he made without all that in it. Mm,
1: okay. And because there's multiple instances of it, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. There's, I think, like four or five scenes of it. It's
1: like one of them is like they fucking hack the head off a turtle or something. Yes,
0: they eat a turtle. Yeah. The movie is basically about a camera crew goes down to the Amazon to document, you know, savage native tribes and discovers that they're not so savage. So they create their own drama and they end up going missing. And that's done as the... As sort of you know, actual documentary footage. It, in air quotes? It is a
1: found footage movie before found footage yes. existed. It is a faux it was, documentary. Yes,
0: it was one of the first.
1: Yeah, so it is presented like a documentary, yes. but it is not true. Yes, it is. It's completely fictionalized.
0: There's also a narrative part to the movie.
1: Well, I would hope so.
0: Yes, the narrative part. Well, I mean, in the sense oh, of, oh,
1: oh, you mean it's like not documentary footage.
0: No, not it's not 100% documentary okay, footage. Okay. Half of it's documentary footage, and the other half is the story of, I think it's one of, if I remember right, one of the producers of the film goes and finds this film, and you know, all the crews disappear. Pro- producer of the fake film. Producer of the fake film, yeah. goes and finds the film, and he's watching it back and, to see what happened to them, and so, you know, it sort of intercuts that way. Yeah.
1: It's not in English, yeah. right?
0: It is in English. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, I, I it's have... Italian, but yeah. it is in English.
1: Okay, right. I knew that it wasn't an American production. Yes. So I have not seen the movie. Yes. It's it's one that I've been meaning to get around to, just yeah, for historical sake. Yes. Um, but yeah, I have not seen it yet.
0: The movie has a strange message message to it that it's hard to watch the you know it's hard to watch the animal abuse in it, but that is part of the message of are you know what is civilization you know are we the savages or whatever mm. and that was done at a time when it wasn't cliche to have that message sure
1: i i just i really have a hard time with like the the animal abuse yeah. i really
0: do but the filmmaking's really well done
1: i i will need to give it a look and i will watch the original cut not yep. the one without the animal abuse i'll you know i'll suffer through that
0: yeah i'll bring it by sometime um, so
1: tell me uh what kind of releases it has is it on blu-ray is uh, it a good transfer it is on
0: blu-ray it is a pretty solid transfer okay it has a uh special edition it is not through arrow it is through grindhouse releasing the original company okay it's got a fair amount of features on it uh it's got both versions of the film it's got a lot of commentaries and that that's the kind of release it's you know you can probably find it fairly cheap on dvd if you wanted to go that way it
1: should be fairly easy to find right like it's not a rare movie no
0: no it's not it's finding us i guess if you're going into a brick and mortar store you got to find a store that will sell it yeah
1: because the cover art's pretty yeah you're you're not gonna find it in like walmart or barnes and noble or fucking you know any any of those other stores You'll probably have to order it online, but that being said, it's not rare.
0: No, it should be on Amazon. It's like $25, $30. Yeah.
1: All right. So I'd say that about wraps it up for episode six of the Watts Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we hope you found some of this informative or interesting. And if you're mad at us because we didn't like Get Out, well... I don't know what to tell you, or,
0: or disgusted that I recommended a movie with animal abuse in it. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> plenty of reasons to hate us. Yep. You know, uh, I just I hope you enjoy doing so. So yeah, have it have it, have a good rest of the day or night or whatever time it is for yep. you guys.
0: And always remember that we hate you. I guess. <laughs>
1: We really need to find an outro. Yeah, we Every don't have an outro. Every week it just gets more and more awkward.
0: Yes, yes, it does. So, yeah. Anyway, this has been six episode Good night.